Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, we're no longer Bevington Banter live. We're no longer all together back in our separated over Zoom podcasting. But we've upped our game because in the past, every audio clip that you've ever heard put in there is downloaded after the fact and inserted. But Cade's now our audio guy and got a board so that we can play live and live reactions to audio clips. So we're very excited about that. And we can start off with the 60 Minutes interview, which I definitely have some clips of that. Biden. Yes. So Joe Biden did an interview on 60 Minutes. And uh, that was interesting. You are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? No, Joe, not pretty good shape. (laughs) (laughs) Disagree. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Well, and in case um, in case there are people out there who are questioning his ability and questioning his mental fitness, um, he had an answer for that as well. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that. I wonder what you think. Watch me. Honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. Well, we are watching, and that's... Yeah, and it's not good. Doesn't look good. No. Looks bad. That's why, in fact, that's why we're questioning your fitness, is because we are watching you. I watched a video of him uh, from August 2019 when he was campaigning, and I was just shocked at the noticeable decline i mean just three years that was just over three years ago and he was so much more clear and articulate and not mumbling and slurring his words and i mean it was it was really striking and then you can't play this in a sound clip but did you see the clip of him the other day after he finished a little speech he he couldn't get off the stage yeah he didn't know what to do again another wandering joe moment yeah it, it definitely it definitely doesn't look good. Uh, however, on the world stage, he thinks that he looks fine. Some people ask whether you are fit for the wrong clip. Cut that. And <laughs> if you think I don't have the energy level or the mental acuity, then then, you know, that's one thing. It's another thing of just watching and, and, you know, keep my schedule, do what I'm doing. I, I think that. Uh, you know, uh, I don't, when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together, I don't have them saying, wait a minute, how, how old are you? What do you, what do you say? You know, I mean, <laughs> it's a matter of, you know, that old expression, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. I mean, I, I, I respect the fact that people would say, you know, you're old. Yeah. Okay, I can't really listen to that anymore. I had to I stop it. I can't keep going. But I just. I, I will say. It, okay, the thing is, say, it's one thing to question my, but you know, my ability, but it's another thing to do what I'm doing, like trying to say that we couldn't keep up with him. Is that his? Oh, that's exactly what he's saying. Right. And he's saying that the world leaders are are surprised. They're asking, how old are you? Because they can't believe all that he's doing. But the problem with that. Except he can't articulate that. Well, but we, he can just say whatever he wants. We're not there to know whether that's legitimate or not, or if he's just making up, which he has a very pronounced long history of doing of making up a lot of things yes i just want to for once and for all 
put this whole proof of the pudding is in the eating thing okay yes this is not the first time he said this this is absolutely a saying it is a saying it sounds it's probably the original it sounds what ridiculous. has now become what it's what's now become just the proof is in the pudding yeah but it does come from an original phrase the proof of the puddings in the eating so it does mean something he is saying it correctly uh it sounds bad when he says it because he slurs it and it makes it sound worse but it's said to mean that something something new can only be judged to be good or bad after it has been tried or used well, we've done that, Joe. You were vice president for eight years. You were in the Senate for, I don't know, like 100 Almost billion. Four, yeah, 40. <laughs> and now you've been president for only 18 months, and it's a nightmare. So you know what? I've tasted the pudding. I'm, th- I'm throwing up, Joe. That pudding's rancid. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why, like I've said, I, I don't have that much sympathy for him in what he's going through because I've really paid pretty close attention to his career since he was ousted in 1990 or 1988 for plagiarism. And he has been a total lying, crooked schlub um, for 30 plus years. It's, it's certainly not getting better. I, ha- I have one more clip about his mental fitness and it's, uh, it's a doozy uh, because he, this is the opposite of mental fitness. How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I, say it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look, I have trouble <laughs> even mentioning, even saying to myself my own head the number of years. I no more think of myself as being as old as I am than fly. <laughs> I mean, it's just not, uh, uh, I haven't observed anything in terms of, there's not things I don't do now that I did before, whether it's physical or mental or anything else. He's not there. He says... Oh, it's focused, and then proceeds to sound like Porky Pig. Now look, <laughs> I have to admit, I really do like his laugh, as like this weird, creepy movie oh, yeah, laugh. That's a good. <laughs> that is a really good, creepy, weird <laughs> laugh. Well, good, well, then you're welcome because I clipped just the laugh, and anytime you'd like to hear it, anytime we tell a funny joke, I think Biden thinks it's funny too. I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wish I could laugh like that. I, I kind of like it. If you really want to make the shiver go up somebody's spine, laugh well, like that. that type of it laugh. also sounds like a completely manufactured laugh. <laughs> Don't. It's a little too early to be talking about completely manufactured. Oh, we manufactured. Have, can, can, <laughs> can I tell the, the A laugh like that is there's something going on in your own head that you're responding to. He, yeah. He's got something going on in his own head that he thinks is funny yeah, it's that this. he's laughing it's, oh, to. It's, this is what he thinks is funny. He goes, oh, it's focused. And in his head, he's like, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something Kramer would say. Oh, I'm focused. So there was more um, just pretty much horribleness in the 60 minutes. Um, did you like how he said... Uh, I don't have a clip of this, but inflation is just going up. It's just inching up a little bit because 8.7 is only a little bit higher than 8 point whatever. No, Joe. That's not what that means. That's not what that means. That's not how it works. Oh, it's just inching up a little bit at a time. No, it's worse than it was last month. That means inflation's worse this month than last month or quarter, well, whenever they do it. It's year to year. It's year to year. What that means is like yeah. J- July was 8.2%. 
but that means that this Ju- this July was 8.2% higher than July than 2020. Last July. August yes. was 8.3%. So he says that's only a little increase, but what that means is it's 8.3% higher than August of 2021 and so on and so forth. The problem is that that's the overall inflation. When you get into gasoline and food and housing, those numbers are much higher. You much. know, the essential things that keep you alive. <laughs> in those fact, things. Not only you have the inflation in the housing market, but at the same time, you have the housing market between buying and new starts lower than it's been since the 40s, World War II. It's the, the, the lowest mark. I mean, to where, you know, you guys did good, Kate. You, when you sold, it was going nuts, and it has just absolutely fallen off the cliff. Perfect. And I'd be, I'd be looking for a house if it weren't for the fact that interest rates are like at 6.5% now, double of what it was when we bought a house or when we bought our house originally. So one of the things that's leading to inflation, again, still, is giving all the money to Ukraine for their defense. And now we're also giving money to Taiwan for their defense um, because we're basically just assuming that that's going to happen at some point. And um, when asked... Well, like we mentioned last week that we're virtually... We're essentially funding China as well, so... Yeah. Good deal. Well, um, this was probably the most shocking thing. This is what people picked out of that 60-minute interview the most because, number one... Well, let's just play it because it's it's gross on several different levels would u.s forces defend the island yes if in fact there was an unprecedented attack after our interview a white house official told us u.s policy has not changed officially the u.s will not say whether american forces would defend taiwan but the commander-in-chief had a view of his own so unlike ukraine to be clear sir u.s forces go ahead when your staff has to come in and correct you, they have to put the correction in the middle of the interview. This is supposed to be the leader of the free world, the most powerful person in the world. And I, that's so bad. Yeah, and, and he continues to then, to then go on and say, U.S. forces, confirm U.S. Again. men and women he says, would yes. defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. Good grief. So so on top of you're not supposed to do this kind of policy. You're not supposed to is say this out loud. This unofficial is, declaration of war. This is yeah, this is a um well, it's it's an I don't know if it's a declaration of war, but you're not supposed to do this kind of dealing um in the open. It, it's a behind closed doors kind of thing. The whole point of us and our policy with China and Taiwan has always been to be vague. Strategic ambiguity. Yes. That has been the way we have approached Taiwan um, and our relationship with him forever until Joe Biden took office. Which is the official position of the White House, except, oh, guess what? The president says differently. Right. How can if you, you how can the president say one thing and have the White House's stance yeah. be something else? That They should be the it same thing. This is so stupid. They're basically admitting that he's not in charge. If you remember... Um, what, maybe six months ago? Was it Peter Ducey asked this question and he said the same thing and they had to walk it back again? They Then too, they said, no, 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 he didn't mean that. So this isn't the first time he, he answered the question that way. 
Yeah, it's at least the third time that I know of. And and every time we're what it, we really are one step closer to World War Three, which is why I think even though he's saying the same thing every time, every time it's worse. Even though it's the exact same thing, it's worse this time. The the problem is is I don't know what to make of it because I don't know how much he is in his right mind that he's actually thinking these through. Because if he were, you know, completely cognitively healthy, I would think, okay, he is bought and sold by China. So they know they don't have to worry about what he's saying because they they've got this deal going on, you know, behind closed doors. Um, so he can talk tough and sound tough on China to the American voter. And at the same time, China's going, yeah, I know he doesn't mean it because we're buying the guy. But he's not rational enough for me to think that he can think that through. So I, I don't know. Did you just uh, imply that he sounded tough when he said that? That we would that we would militarily defend I know, Taiwan. Yes, I, I know. But just his, you just can't take him. No, he. But be- just looking at him and watching him in his state, it doesn't matter what he says. It's not going to sound tough. To I, hey, I disagree. Hey, 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 bud. You, hey, hey. You want to do push-ups? Yeah. Look fat. <laughs> I just can't take him seriously. No, I understand that you can't take him seriously, but how many times do you hear um, politicians kind of sidestep questions? This did sound tough, at least in the sense that it was a very direct black and white answer. It just was the dumbest one he could have given. <laughs> so I think his I think his confidence is what makes you think like, oh, that's pretty serious. That's pretty tough. It's just very dumb. Well, yeah, and except also not when they literally voice over in the middle of it that the White House said that their stance hasn't changed. Well, if you but think about him, just think about his personality and his history, and he has a history of talking like this. This isn't new, um, even I mean, long before being president. So I'm if take him out back and if you think this fight or whatever, if he thinks that the American Trump, yeah. people are concerned about China and are worried about him being tough on China, then what do you do? You give a very definite, tough answer. At the same time, knowing China knows it's just talk because we've got other arrangements. The executive order thing is insane. Are we at 100 100 executive orders now? Well, if he's done one in the last couple of days, then yes, we've hit 100. Because of like two, three days ago when I made this note, we were at 99 executive orders since Biden has been in office, we aren't even at a two-year, the two-year mark yet. He far exceeds. Okay, why'd you have to say that? That was depressing. Yeah, I know. He far <laughs> exceeds other presidents at this point in time. The shocking thing about this is now, remember, in our form of government, the House of Representatives are supposed to be in charge of the purse strings, of the spending, of you know, of uh, spending bills and writing the budget and all that. He has spent the estimate anywhere from one trillion to 1.5 trillion dollars has been the cost of these 99 executive orders and it is not his job to be spending the money it is congress's it's just so frustrating yeah why are people not bringing lawsuits out the wazoo against him for that who would who would hear it any constitution oh yeah, I don't know well, how that works court. in Congress. I mean, you have to have stand. I mean, you can see something that's illegal and unconstitutional, but you can't bring a suit unless you have standing. You have to have some—I don't know how to say it—vested hmm. interest in that 
you know, process. Um, but as an American citizen, I yeah, don't we I all have, have a vested interest? I have interest? a vested interest in them yes. spending one and a half trillion dollars. I know. Everyone yeah. that, well, everyone that, I mean, honestly, every anyone that consumes, because that is going to affect inflation, anyone that's, that um, pays taxes, which is not as many people as you'd think, and um, <laughs> th- they would have a vested interest in that. It's, right. it's their money. I, I think I think to some extent it belies the, the dirty little secret, and maybe it's not that much of a secret, is that Congress doesn't, they want this spending. A lot of members on both sides of the aisle want this spending. It empowers them. It buys them votes. Um, but at the same time, they don't want to be responsible for passing it because then they get held accountable for it from people yeah. who don't like it. So... Our Congress doesn't legislate that much anymore compared to what it was designed to do. It's all done through executive orders and bureaucratic dictate, you know, the, the bureaucracy through their dictates. I think we should just start over. I, I told start the um, country over, <laughs> like turn it off and turn it back on the again. Reset, but yeah, yeah, hit yeah the reset. We button. were uh, we were went to a visitation at funeral home last night and some folks of us were standing there and I said, you know what, at this point, I know God says he's not going to do it again, but I, I think we need to start praying for another flood. flood. Yeah. We, we need a fresh start and, and I'm willing, yeah. I'm willing to go. You, you can wash me out. In oh, the flood. okay. I was gonna, yeah, that's actually true. I wouldn't mind either way. There's the already a the... big arc started in <laughs> Kentucky. Oh, All yeah. we have to do is go modify it to float. We just got to, I just doubt that it's seaworthy, but we need to just go seal it up so that it will float. But yeah, I've it's been already in it. a lot I, of the way I, done. I've been in it. I would don't know that we you'd have uh, it'd be that successful. <laughs> well then, practice swimming. It's kind of cool though. Hey, you know you know who's been practicing their swimming? No. Yeah, you do. All those folks swimming across the Rio Grande. Oh, yeah. well, a lot of them need to be able to need better lessons because they're not making it. Oh, that's unfortunate. That, yeah, there's well, a- in, in those cases, they just walk across the dry land. Yeah. Also, yeah. or did you have you seen the vid- have you seen footage? I saw footage from Fox News of people just being lowered over the wall. Okay, I heard a local sheriff at the border the, about five days ago, four or five days ago, said that it used to be that they'd have maybe three or so drownings a year of people crossing. And, and then it got to be a couple a month. He said now he is seeing one a day. Oh, my gosh. But and we're, but we're, over, we're now over two, two million people, two million and, contacts. Right, and, yeah. right. Yeah, and then you had this sheriff – uh, who was who's going to open up an investigation on Ron DeSantis sending these uh, 50 migrants to or you know illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard when he it's his county where those 53 people died in the back of a truck from heat. Yeah, and Martha's and he's Vineyard doing saying, nothing we don't have that. the resources for 50 migrants. Meanwhile, the Hang towns. On. Oh, you have, oh, we got clips. What are the most difficult challenges right now? The difficult challenges are, uh, we have, at some point in time, they have to move to somewhere else, right? We, we cannot, we don't have the services to take care of 50 immigrants, um, and we, we certainly don't have housing. We're in a housing crisis as we are on this island. Good grief. And oh, they, you mean your empty sanctuary? vacation homes? Yeah, aren't they like a sanctuary city? 
yeah, they had signs up that they stage. that they welcomed. Yeah. You're telling me that your McMansions can't fit 50 migrants? Okay. They, well, the the city in Texas, like those cities in Texas, Texas, literally have experienced an influx of migrants equal to 100% of the population. Okay. What are they? They're, they're laughing like, you don't have resources? D- Downey, California has McMansions. Martha Vineyard has, has, Mar- real, has mansions. real mansions. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Um. Okay. So, yeah, they say they can't house 50 people. Isn't there like, uh, is it McAllen, Texas? Or it's, it's something, I think that's the name of it. 100% growth. Half the town is now yeah. migrants. And I'm pretty sure that all 50 of those people wouldn't mind if they had to sleep next, you know, right up next to somebody and we fit all 50 people into one of your boathouses. Yeah, one of the border towns reported now that they had... Um, this year, they've had more people come into their town than the population of the town, and, and the t- and the city was like one hundred and forty-seven thousand. So they they matched and, and I think exceeded that by a little bit. But I was listening to uh, the guys from the Ruthless podcast on with Megan Kelly, and they said that they checked with Airbnb when the migrants showed up oh, yeah, in yeah. In, uh, in Martha's Vineyard, and there were like two thousand empty beds on listed on Airbnb <laughs> in in Martha's Vineyard. Because their population goes from like seventeen thousand during the off season to to um, right. two hundred thousand during the vacation season. Did so there's a podcast, lot of empty beds. Did that podcast launch September eighteenth, twenty twenty? Ruthless. The day Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I don't know. <laughs> They're pretty. They were so I, sad. They started. What are we gonna do now? We're ruthless. <laughs> So, yeah, we're talking about, you know, this insane number of immigrants coming in. And when you put this stat or this fact on here that there are three illegal immigrants entering the country for every four Americans being born. Yeah, I heard that stated two different ways. One was we now have three illegal aliens entering for every three or every four Americans being born. And another one said there are are three entering for every four that's graduate graduating from high school so i or okay. turning 18 or something like that so i'm not sure exactly which it is because i've heard it stated both ways yeah well meanwhile kamala harris says we're gonna have two million people cross this border for the first time ever you're confident this border is secure we have a secure border okay and then coming up next after this this is back-to-back clips and the clip after is an interviewer asking an illegal migrant outside of her home, Kamala Harris's <laughs> home, if oh, the border yeah. is actually closed. And that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. And Vice President Harris uh, said that the border is closed. Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's open, not closed. The border is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in free. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my favorite part. It's like, it's like, it's open. I'm here, aren't I? <laughs> Do you think the border is open or closed? Well, I'm here. My, ex- my presence here conf- uh, answers your question. Yeah. But Jeez. don't worry. Don't worry. Because this administration definitely, definitely has a plan. The vice president said to my colleague, Chuck Todd, over the weekend, the border is secure. She also caveated that to say we also have a broken immigration system and talked about the need to fix that. But 
Does the White House stand by those comments that the border is secure? What we stand by is that we are doing everything that we can uh, to make sure that um, uh, that we follow the process that's been put forth. That, that's why we have uh, historic funding uh, to do just that, to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, to make sure that, um, uh, 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 uh. To make sure that uh, the folks that we encounter seconds, by the way. at the border be removed uh, or expelled, and again, the all right, I'm done. A full ten seconds. If they're removed or expelled, then we wouldn't have over two million people. Also, she essentially said nothing for in, until she got to that point. She had said literally nothing Just, of uh, substance. Right. Well, she said that they have a plan and that they're doing everything they can. What more do you want? They're continuing <laughs> with the plan. I don't. And yes. What is that plan? Can you? What's the plan? Letting them in. Um, uh, uh, plan. Uh, 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 that's a plan. Did you hear President <laughs> Biden when he was asked about why there were so many more um, illegal aliens coming under his administration? And he said, well, we've got a situation we haven't dealt with previously. And that was. Venezuelans, uh, Nicaraguans, and Cubans coming, and we've just never had that. I mean, if they were just from Mexico, we could send them back. Um, but to what? send them back, yeah, this is. Uh, he said, if we send them back, that's just not. It's just not feasible. It's not practical to, to send these people back. We can't get them over a sec another a different border. Right. I mean, we put you put them on airplanes and flew them to Westchester and all these other places. Why don't you put them on the same airplanes and fly, fly them back to Venezuela? Anyways, he said we're working with Mexico to try to get you know this stopped. Joe, people, do you realize we had a program under Trump called Remain in Mexico? And it was in place an agreement between us, the Biden or the Trump administration in Mexico, and it was greatly reducing the number of uh, my immigrants coming in, the illegal aliens coming in. I want to call them illegal aliens coming in. And as soon as Biden got in office, they trashed it. So yeah. now he says, "Oh, we're working with Mexico to try to." Because no, they stopped trying to come. Remain in Mexico was already They stopped in place. trying to come. Why leave Venezuela? Why leave Guatemala and all those places if you know that you're going to be detained in Mexico? It discouraged them from even starting the journey to begin with. And they can say that, oh, well, they're not responsible for the 50 deaths in the back of the semi-truck. And they're not responsible for uh, all the people drowning in the river. But... It's, they are. They're, they are they're because they're leaving the border open. It's massive incentive. Not only that, but they're creating demand for this human trafficking. This is what's and called speaking out of two sides of your mouth at once. On the one hand, in the media, you're telling people, say, oh, we want to close the border. And at the same time, they're making every, every, uh, they're, they're offering everything to make it worthwhile for people to come, say. So they're, they're sending two different messages. And everybody so, knows what, everybody knows what the real message is come. You brought up, you mentioned Venezuela as one of those countries, and you put on, what is this that you put on here that Venezuela is opening their prisons and sending inmates here? Yeah, this is, goes clear back to what Trump was saying when he was campaigning, when he talked about illegal immigration. He said, look, these countries are not sending us their best, all these people that are coming in, and now literally Venezuela, there are multiple news stories about this, that they are opening prisons and sending those people on the journey to the American border. We're like a human garbage disposal for South America. <laughs> Not a joke, as uh. Biden would say. 
Except that we don't chop them up and flush them down the drain. And here's what's so frustrating. with all the, We are so in debt. We're spending all this fake money that doesn't really exist, and we just keep printing it off, and that's causing all this inflation. And un, pre-Biden, the, the um, amount of money being spent every year on illegal immigration was $116 billion is what it was costing us. And then when Trump proposed building the wall, people had a fit. That's going to cost us all this money. And it was estimated between 25 and $40 billion one time. That's significantly less As opposed less than to 116. 116 every year. And now with the dramatic increase in numbers under the Biden administration, that $116 billion has got to be much higher. Lovely. Let's talk about how Stacey Abrams is an idiot. Yes, we have an uh, uh, we have a, uh, an interview with an Isn't expert. Isn't she the president of the world? Well, oh yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's the galaxy. President oh, of the galaxy. galaxy. Not just yeah, the world, yeah. The whole Star galaxy. Trek. <laughs> yeah, Star Trek. Some kind of universe. Okay. Well, thank if you God that's she fiction. Was, she was on some kind of panel, and she basically claimed it will all be explained. Okay, cool. Then we'll just play this interview. So. Introduce yourself. What is your name and what are your qualifications to talk about this specific subject being the uh, in re- reference to Stacey Abrams comment that the uh, heartbeat that you hear on an ultrasound at six weeks isn't real. All right. So why are you qualified to talk about this? I'm Courtney Bevington, and I am a diagnostic medical sonographer registered in abdomen, vascular, OB, and echo, which is big words for I am an ultrasound tech who takes pictures of babies and hearts and organs, veins, arteries, all kinds of stuff. Um, I've been in the field for eight years actually working and two years in school where I had over 1900 hours of clinical time. So I feel like I'm pretty well versed in the world of ultrasound. That is a lot of qualifications, but honestly, you had me at Bevington. (laughs) It's all the qualifications you need to talk about anything. Of course. You married into the ultimate qualification. (laughs) All right. So I want to get your opinion on this clip. I don't think you've heard it yet. You've heard me talk about it, but you haven't actually heard how stupid it is. So here we go. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. Okay, so that was the dumb, dumb gubernatorial candidate from Georgia. She called the heart, like, an ultrasound heartbeat. Like, the thing that they hear, a manufactured sound. Yeah, said it's fake. So I want to get your opinion on that. Is that how that works? Yeah, no, that's not how that works. Okay, so let's just get straight to the real questions. Where do they hide the button on the ultrasound machine that plays the fake heartbeat sounds? That doesn't exist. Okay, follow-up question. Have you ever thought about changing out the sound to something more interesting, like a car horn or cuckoo clock sounds? Maybe the drum intro for Van Halen's Hot for Teacher. That <laughs> yeah. would be hilarious. That would Listen be. to your baby's heartbeat. <laughs> no. 
And that has never crossed my mind. Okay, so what is it that they're hearing? And what do you have to say to Stacey Abrams and other doctors that I've heard saying that it's not actual heartbeat sounds, it's just electrical impulses coming from what they would call a clump of cells? An electrical impulse is what a heartbeat is. It's an electrical signal sent to squeeze the ventricles, uh, atrium. That's what a heartbeat is. So what you're saying is even though it's not the actual valves and everything and the actual heart itself pumping, it's the same rhythm of the heartbeat. Yes. And if you were to, which... We're not able to because they don't know what actual ultrasound over a long period of time will actually do. It heats the tissues and all kinds of crazy stuff. But um, if you were to watch that flicker that they say is just a clump of cells moving, if you were to watch that continuously grow as a baby grows in the womb, that same flicker is going to be the heart the entire way through from... The time you see it till the time the baby comes out. So that flicker will match. If you followed it and you just consistently watched it, watched it, watched it, eventually that would turn into the heartbeat. Yes, that would. I mean, it is the heartbeat that I mean, it would become the heart. Wow. Wow. How much did the patriarchy pay you to say that? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) So you did it for free. Yeah. Why do you hate women? Right. I know. I'm the worst. You hate women. I do. You're an agent for the patriarchy. So that was an interview with that, the my ending wife. was facetious, everyone. Yes, maybe. Yes, the amen, Cordy. She said it. Yeah, addressing that, the thing that people saying. That's what I had heard. Be like, well, it it doesn't even have ventricles yet. There's no blood. But when she pointing out that the heartbeat is your heartbeat in your body is just an electrical signal, and if you cut off the electrical signal, the, that would stop the heart. The, don't the beat. Blood. Yeah, um, it's all it is. I liked um, Ben Shapiro was making the analogy you're saying it's not fully a fully developed heart yet so it can't be the heartbeat he pointed out that your brain is not fully developed until you're 25 or whatever 25 26 right don't give so him any ideas that argument if you used that argument yeah well there's electrical impulses the going to your brain and there's something that looks like full brain activity but it's not actually it's so not, it can't that's not actual brain activity because your brain's not fully developed to be fair for them a lot of times it isn't actual brain activity <laughs> smooth as a baby's butt what i just smooth brains what i am more surprised about is how she says that this is something used so men can take control of women's bodies i guess and make them force them to have babies all the guys that I know that want to go out there and play around and, and have sex with multiple women and all that kind of stuff, they ain't trying to have women yeah, have babies. No. In fact, they'll offer to drive you to the abortion clinic. It just doesn't make any sense. They watch way, I guess they're watching too much Handmaid's Tale or something. Courtney has uh, watched The Handmaid's Tale, and all she's told me is that it is, like every other post-apocalyptic movie, the bad guys are the left. They're always <laughs> the left. They think that it's not. They try to portray it as it's not them. But ideologically, they are the crazy dystopian cabal. Well, I mean, everybody f- forgets, I think, that the Nazi, everybody's you're a Nazi, you're a Nazi. Um, they were the German Socialist Party. Okay, They were socialists. They were liberals. Hey, while we're on 
this topic of life and why that electrical signal in a six-week-old developing baby matters. We should mention that last Sunday when I was in Ohio, I uh, spoke at the church that dad pastors, and it was the Sunday of the local Pregnancy Life Center's Walk for Life. So I spoke on the sanctity of human life and why protecting life matters at every stage. And so we talked about maybe the week following this episode release. Maybe we'll drop that in as a bonus episode, um, and you can hear that. Or in the meantime, you can go to OCCommunitychurch.com and see or listen to it, as well as YouTube and Rumble. True. And the church Facebook page. All kinds of options. She's everywhere. Always, always, whenever you can, always use Rumble. Use YouTube as little as possible. We have yeah. to create a parallel I only economy. Use, I only use YouTube because I can't post the video to our church website unless yeah, it's same. on YouTube. It only supports embedded YouTube videos. Yeah, because they don't like Rumble because Rumble lets you say what you want. Hey, more and more... There are a lot of places you can't say what you want. Speech suppression seems to be everywhere. Did you guys see this Air Force Academy? Okay, so increasingly woke, and more on, we've talked about our woke military a lot, and the Air Force Academy, well, this is a non-speech issue, but one, they support, or they promoted a fellowship that bans cisgender men like you can't apply you can only be a cisgender female or a non-binary or trans or whatever but they also a bunch came out somebody must have leaked or whatever i don't know their diversity training and it said to drop like basically stop using certain language so like gendered language like don't use mom and dad but use like parents because the person you're talking to, right? They may not have, they might have two moms or two dads or they might have a non, and don't use the terms like girlfriend, boyfriend. Uh, it was crazy. Did you I, just say two moms and two dads? How dare you? What if it's two Zs or Zers? It could be. That's why, that's why you should say parental, You or, well, okay. Pa- they actually listed, units. they said, their yeah. thing says that, actually <laughs> like they said robot. consider parent, they said consider parent or caregiver. Now they cited that some families are headed by single parents, grandparents, foster parents, two moms, or two dads. Also, instead of using um, or use terms that include all genders like folks and y'all instead of guys, and use terms like partner instead of boyfriend or girlfriend. They also want you to. Why, why did this scroll on me? They also want you to not be colorblind or don't see color, but they want you to be color conscious now. You should take into account their race when deciding how to treat them. <laughs> whether, no, whether they or not say that we person. see colors, we see color and patterns, <laughs> and we value people for their uniqueness. Well, you're white, so I'm supposed to treat you like garbage. Well, if you're white, you have no color and you have no pattern. So. Yeah, and you also have no, uh, what, what do they say? No traditions. There's no white traditions. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I'm tabla arasa. Um, can I just point something out when they say don't use the term mom and dad because some people may not have a mom and dad? I absolutely promise, guaranteed, be, every <laughs> single person that exists has a mom and a dad 
They may not that live with him, but they have a mom and a dad. Except for Jesus. Well, his dad was. Well, he, yeah. yeah. God. <laughs> I bet he's okay with us saying mom and dad, though. So let's I, ask. I so. Let's yeah. ask the one and only person who doesn't have technically <laughs> have an a earthly dad. Father. A biological. And say, hey, do you care if we use the term dad? Oh, you don't? Okay. Then all the rest of you, forget you. So, yeah, the Air Force Academy, though, is not the only people uh, suppressing your speech. I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say that the Air Force Academy no longer wanted cis men to apply. Oh, yeah, that would. Well, they probably don't. But according to all the other branches of the military, they already don't. Or even if you do apply as a (laughs) cis male, you immediately become not a cis male. (laughs) That's true. But uh, you guys are going to know more about these are your PayPal stories. Yeah, these are th- this is I mean, it's obviously financial, but it's also very much a free speech issue. It's a speech issue. Yeah. yeah. Where you now have um, PayPal and Venmo, who which I did not realize uh, PayPal owns Venmo. That's crazy. They have uh, essentially without defunding because it's not them that provides the funds, but they've made it impossible. They will not allow you to pay funds to uh, these are different media out um, yeah, groups that they don't like the daily skeptic and another one called free speech nation you cannot send them money you cannot support them you could not buy a product from them you could not so they're just saying they're, they're just trying to eliminate them by the fact that you cannot financially support these groups popular daily skeptic online newspaper which has challenged some of the orthodoxy around covid measures and climate change has effectively been defunded by PayPal, who will not allow payments to be made through their platform anymore. And the Free Speech Nation, which provides the services of lawyers and other experts to protect just that, has met the same fate. And then here's a a Tucker Carlson from the 20th. So we also even have a group called Gays Against Groomers that are being defunded also by none other than PayPal. Jamie Mitchell has been one of the leading voices against this. She founded the group Gays Against Groomers, and they are groomers. Gays Against Groomers has exposed the sexualization of children in our country's schools and the mutilations that are occurring in so-called gender clinics. Grotesque. But that's not allowed. So Gays Against Groomers, for trying to defend children against mutilation and the sexualization by adults, has been punished. Two leading payment processors, in fact, the two biggest ones, PayPal and Venmo, which is owned by PayPal, have shut it down. There's that is such a crazy suppression of free speech. And also it really is an example of why we do not want this digital currency that they keep talking about. More than ever, this should make you think because they can already turn off these uh, credit card processing companies they can basically um like we were talking about with the the identification codes for yep. firearms and firearm related goods they can just make those transactions that fall under that code for a specific person not work oh you want to run your card and it comes back as this code well guess what it doesn't work well instead of only turning off your credit cards now they'll just turn off your money all your money well it goes along with when they um wouldn't let people give money using GoFundMe and things like that. It's like, no, we don't want the we don't want the Canadian truckers to be able to do this, so you can't send any money. You can't use GoFundMe to help them out. 
we have so many examples of why a digital currency would be the just a massive control over you. The, this uh, is not the an exaggeration. The, it's not an exaggeration. The the control, your ability to be able to buy, sell, and trade, you know, operate in the financial world is the mark of the beast we read about in the Bible. It's it's not. It's not hyperbole. It's not an analogy. It's it. It's literally what it describes. And I never understood in the in the past how that would be possible to do what the Bible said that you basically are not going to be able to buy, sell, or trade unless you take the mark of the beast. Now with the technology that we have for the first time, I can very easily see how it can be done. Terrifying. Terrifying, but not surprising. I mean. We've known this was coming now for over two thousand years, yeah. <laughs> so, but it is. Um, and I, well, I would also just like to say, if we do end up with a digital currency, um, expect your uh, global minimum tax to be automatically withdrawn from your digital currency. Uh, you don't. You don't get a say. You're now paying anywhere in the world uh, a tax with partners in the Americas. Africa, Europe, and the Middle East, and the Indo-Pacific, we're working to build a new economic ecosystem where every nation, every nation gets a fair shot, and economic growth is resilient, sustainable, and shared. That's why the United States has championed a global minimum tax, and we will work to see it implemented so major corporations pay their fair share everywhere, everywhere. And with these kind of ideas, how long do you think it would take for an American, an, a specifically American digital currency to very quickly become a global digital currency? It's uh, hardly a hop, um, skip, and a jump from one to the other. Was he wearing a mask when he said that? No. Or is that, does he sound like he's just muzzled? And He is muzzled. As, yeah. Yeah, they, wanna, they want to have... Everybody, all nations to have a 15% tax on businesses so that there's no advantage to go to one area, you know, to one country or another that they're going to. So, you know, there's just this control and it's all going to be the same. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, if I if that happens and I'm some developing country that wants to, you know, in the <laughs> Red Foreman's country, Guadalajara, who the hell cares? Um if I'm that country, I'm going to say, hey, guess what, you we corporations? Have have. We have a 10% business tax. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. But I just kind of want, it's that kind of thinking that makes you, that easily points you toward, this is not just an American digital currency. No. This is not just an American financial takeover. It will be much more than that. And also, who enforces that? Who enforces a global minimum tax? Well, he Some said country it's, it's doesn't want to go along with it. It's coming out of the UN. This is a UN thing. Um, yeah, but is it only UN countries? Who, who's not in the UN? Yeah. How are they going to... For- who's not in the UN? Yeah. Failed states. Okay, I'm gonna failed open states. A, I'm going to open a coffee shop in Syria. I'm telling you, I would love being the president just for this one thing. I would absolutely, once I got won the election, I would put big bulldozers and wrecking balls right in the parking lot of the UN and say, you have 72 hours because the minute I take office, 72 hours later, this building is coming down. And to watch them just lose their minds. 
it'd be glorious. I actually think that the president ha- would have every right to kick the UN out of the country. It's our building the and our land and our nation. I actually kind of think and the we president pay for alone. Because doesn't he have to do most foreign relations stuff? Us joining the UN wasn't some Congress-approved thing, was it? I'm not sure, but the, the president have to does. to see if Congress approved he, he, it. He sets, obviously, a lot of policy when it comes to foreign nations. Yeah, I actually foreign, think that foreign. might be legal. What has to be legal now? You just make an executive order That's and spend true. a trillion dollars. Or in this case, save us, save us $500 billion by knocking the place down and kicking them out and us not being. Because we pay for the place for the most part, along with NATO. So you want to talk about the European factories and sadness and people dying or move on to fun stuff? Like <laughs> well, sports. That, I'm just, that's just something people need, to be, people need to be aware of is that factories in Europe are literally shutting down because they do not have the energy to run them. Hey, so, I saw that they are approving, um, reinstituting the ability for fracking. Really? Yes, because they're desperate. And In Europe? Yeah. Well, they're re recategorizing. I think guy, in the UK, they're recategorizing it as clean, green energy, so that they it allows. Well, yeah, them they to, recategorize natural gas as green energy, but they're even allowing fracking as a method for getting natural gas, which yeah. they were not allowed to do. Mm. I, I saw maybe I heard it just this morning. I think what I would say in uh, in this is that. Let's, you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, and we have some hard times coming. You have this cr- severe energy shortage, uh, and in Europe, um, we've talked about that. It's benefiting Russia. They are uh, doing away with the most efficient ways to produce the maximum yield of crops so that we're gonna ha- we have less food. We have all these crazy incidences of food processing places, um, you know, blowing up and burning up um we have uh uh, inflation i mean it's it's, we have supply chain things are now we're shutting down factories so even less goods are going to be produced i mean it's just all it's all coming together unfortunately it's not coming together as an accident all of these things we see them we see how bad what we would label as bad policy producing this well we look at it as bad policy it's not bad policy it's intentional because they want to produce this and they're they're producing it in the energy sector in the financial sector in the supply and food sector um to create all of this hardship and chaos it's intentional and so it's all happening at the same time and um as bad as it's been now we have factories that can't produce in an already supply shortage. So I, I just, just be ready. People honestly be, be thoughtful about what you're doing and just make a little extra preparation for if, if you might have to go without a few things that you would normally have for a while, just pre- I'm not telling you to go crazy and build a bomb shelter and all that. I'm just saying, be aware and be a little prepared. People are such an, an underappreciated resource in a, in a situation like that as well. So, I mean, have a network, have a close group of friends, people that you trust. It doesn't have to be something big, but um, make friends network with like-minded people. I have one little extra segment called Cade was right. I said two weeks ago 
that if you take all the depraved um gross things that the people on the left do all their crazy sexual stuff and you just accept it and you become okay with it and you normalize it they'll get bored with it and they won't like it anymore well here's a little clip from a trailer for a movie called bros where it totally confirms that the the trailer is gross if you want to watch the whole thing watch it it's not good but here's a little clip about why i'm right and if you were to accept it they'd get bored with it Sex was more fun when straight people were uncomfortable with it. There you go. I was right. I was right. If you accept them, they'd get bored with it. They're just rebels for the sake of being rebels. It's it's it is a a spiritual rebellion. Yeah, I saw that commercial or I saw a commercial for that movie and I was like, this is disgusting. I don't even want to watch this commercial. What I was it may be uncomfortable. I was shocked that when I downloaded uh Matt Walsh podcast the other day on on using iCatcher. I don't know if there was something unique to iCatcher or something, but it played that ad as a part of that podcast download. That was on for, purpose for, bro, for bros. Know your audience. I was like, whoa. No, they do know their <laughs> audience. That was a that was a slap in the face. That was on purpose. Oh, but yeah, does yeah. Matt Walsh know that? That's not effective that's, marketing, though, for that. them. Yeah. They don't care. Matt Walsh probably would laugh and say, that's a waste of your money. That's something we didn't even talk about today is he is he is one um, one man wrecking crew. Against oh, he's on fire right now. Yeah. There's been two of these hospitals that I know of now that uh, are offering the transgender surgeries that have pulled down their entire websites because of him exposing, exposing them. And in Tennessee, there are now legislators, including the governor, meeting to make it criminal to do what's going on at Vanderbilt. Where can I donate to that cause? Yeah. The other one. You already do. You're a Daily Wire member. That's true. Subscribe to the Daily Wire, and you are financially supporting them, supporting that effort. That I that uh, I want to give some financial support to is Blake Masters in Arizona. Our brilliant. Senate leader Mitch McConnell, who is also just as dirty as as Biden when it comes to his involvement with China, um, pulled eight million dollars of funding for his Senate campaign in Arizona because Blake Masters is a conservative and he has a brain and he will not go along with the party line of Mitch McConnell. And so Mitch McConnell would rather have a Democrat get elected rather than a Republican in Arizona. Yeah, let's talk about football. I like football. I'm ready for the Bills to finally not be All missing right, yeah, rings here's my anymore. Take. Here's my take on the NFL. The Bills are good. <laughs> they appear to be very good. <laughs> yes. We, I was, uh, Monday night, I, I left Ohio Tuesday morning, so Monday night we were watching Monday Night Football, and I, Kate and I were just it was joking cracking jokes about it looked like a week two like college football non-conference cupcake game uh they were just demolishing i don't who i don't even remember who they were playing uh the titans the titans that's right crushing them they had so bad in the third quarter there was still like a few minutes left in the third quarter and nfl teams both teams had pulled their starters (laughs) i i don't 
remember seeing that anytime. I've seen teams that will not play their starters because they've already definitely qualified for the playoffs. And right. it, not only that, but they've locked home field advantage. There's yeah, nothing to gain from injuries. there's nothing to gain other than a perfect season from having their starters in. I've seen that situation where they'll pull starters for a whole game. I've never seen this. Where the Bills pull Josh Allen in week two and put Case Keenum in. Oh, it's crazy. And the Bills, they had outscored not only, like, if you combined the uh, the scores of the other three teams playing on Monday night, the Bills had outscored them, the total. What was the other game? It was a blowout, too. The It was the Eagles over the Vikings, which Cade didn't know. He had never heard that fact about um, Kirk Cousins is terrible in primetime. Yeah, that's a stop. That's, that's crazy. He's two and ten now. Yeah, if you look Sundays. at his numbers overall, but his numbers his are, overall, overall numbers yeah. are, are pretty pretty darn good. But but in in primetime like standalone games, he's he's highlighted games. He's terrible. Here's another one, uh, NFL. We had railed on Nathaniel Hackett, the Broncos' new coach, last week. Okay, well. He really needs to be fired because in their game on Sunday, there was a clock management, again, issue. There was a time where they were going to kick a field goal on a fourth down, and they get to the line, time's running out, they don't hike the ball, they end up taking a delay of game penalty, it moved them back, and they ended up having to punt. (laughs) How is it possible that a man coaches so much football that he rises to the level of an NFL head coaching job and is that bad at knowing how to handle the clock. How is that even possible? I don't know. Tell me how somebody so dumb and senile can rise to the position of president of the United States. (laughs) Fair point. I can answer that. Because there's a lot of... So so what? Hackett has a whole cabal of people around him that, that... Protected the him. deep states, the, yeah, NFL, the deep NFL deep state. Deep state. Hey, wasn't his dad like an NFL coach too? Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Nepotism. Nepotism. That's what's doing it. Hey, Cade is killing this whole parenting thing. I wouldn't say I don't like when people will just teach their kids these automatic responses, you know, telling them what to say and they'll coach them. No, you don't feed talking points to her. I don't feed talking points to her, but make no mistake. This is evidence that Callie does listen to the things that I say around the house because I got (laughs) her to put on the headphones uh, right before I was doing the interview with Courtney. I got her to put the headphones on and talk to me for a little bit, and this was the end of it. Hey, who does Daddy not like? But Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so you better watch what you're saying around the house. Yes, yeah, yes because they're they always yeah. listening. They're sponges. Uh, one time ever I heard her unprompted say, Daddy doesn't like Joe Biden. Completely unprompted. <laughs> so I thought to myself, maybe if I ask her, that's what she's going to say. And, uh, yep, that's what she said. 